ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WandaVision 30 Questions, the show where each week we ask 30 questions about WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. I am your host, Adam Portress, and joining me today, he's held his tongue longer than Namor can hold his breath, Sweet Sean's Kovacs from the internet. I'll always hold my tongue. <laughs> and he doesn't need to go to magic school, he's already got his degree, Bruce Leslie. Yeah, I'm holding my tongue, too. No, we are indeed. One Division 30 questions, uh, season one, episode nine, entitled, not series, not uh, not season finale, but series finale. So uh, we're led to believe that this is it, everybody. And uh, we got 30 questions for you. Let's jump it on in with question number one. This one comes to us from Kev, a.k.a. Will Billy. Will Billy. Uh, Will Billy writes to us, is it difficult, if it's difficult to come up with a question, does that mean that the series did its job in relation to storytelling, or does it mean that I miss, or does it mean that it missed the mark? That's from Kev. I think we'll probably have the same answer, Sean. I'm curious. Well, mine is going to be double-pronged, because I, you guys probably don't remember this, but way, way back in when we were recording HMP in the early days, one of the things that we reviewed was V for Vendetta. And I had almost nothing to say about it because it is, I, I just love that movie so dearly. And because I do love it so much, all I could do is like, yeah, it's really great. It's really, really great. So that happens. Then the inverse happens as well, where sometimes you don't have a whole lot to talk about on a show where, you know, it's not your jam or it isn't that great. And, uh, and, and so you, you find yourself trying to find your own fun. And, uh, that was one of the things for me with this show is that, uh, because, you know, I heard, I heard you guys when you were like, this is like, why would we listen to a show where you just say how much you hate a show for, <laughs> for, for, for every episode of your podcast. And I totally understood that. So I had to find my own fun with the show. And the interesting thing that happens that comes from that is once you find the thing in a show that you don't particularly like, but you are contractually obligated to do, uh, you, you start finding even the minutia of that thing interesting. So like for me, it was about the performers of Wanda and Vision. I, I really love the performances. I think that uh, the cast is so well cast. And I think that even there, like, I don't think you could find someone better than Elizabeth Olsen right now, 2020 Elizabeth Olsen, 2021 Elizabeth Olsen, to do a better job as Scarlet Witch. I just don't. You could hire whomever you want, and I don't think that you would get the performance that you got from Elizabeth Olsen this year. I agree with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, you, you said pretty much what I was thinking. That's why I figured we'd say the same thing, but it just means it's an outlier, and you can be an outlier on either end. You know, you can be really, really good, and you're left dumbfounded, or you can just not be engaged at all, so it's hard to think about it. So yeah, it can it can happen in either direction. I think overall for me it really comes down to yeah, cuz I had kind of the same thing. It was tough to come up with with a ton of questions, but I, to, to me it lies more on definitely on the good side of that margin to where it it feels like did they answer every single question? No, but man, boy did they tie up a lot more loose ends than I figured that they might would at the end of this episode. So yeah. Question 2. I didn't see the cameo on par with Luke Skywalker that Elizabeth Olsen promised. Did you? Well, it makes me ask the question, does Elizabeth Olsen even know who Luke Skywalker is? <laughs> she still thinks he's the front man for two life crew. No, what? 
She she thinks that's the name for Baby Yoda. So uh, <laughs> there, there weren't any Baby Yodas here either. Oh, th- to me though, that was I don't know. The Baby Yoda was like way bigger than than Skywalker for for me. It was just like I, because it really was so out of left field yeah. that you, you didn't know what this was, and they kept it such a good secret and stuff. But you know, and we all I think more or less had some inklings or something that it might be somebody like Luke Skywalker. Or at least the odds were good enough that that could have been a thing. No one really thought that, you know, Baby Yoda was coming into the mix. But for me, uh, I I feel like, and some people disagree with this, but I I feel like the Evan Peters cameo was about, because the internet went nuts enough. I mean, like we all... I agree that's the biggest cameo they had, but I almost felt like she said that after Evan Peters, but I could be wrong there. Like I, I really thought that somewhere they clarified, no, Evan Peters isn't who she was talking about. Uh, Let me ask you guys this. Don't you think because of the way that things shook out with this show, that from this point forward, the brass at Marvel is basically going to tell the actors, please do not say anything like this anymore. Like this is going to be like a quote learning opportunity end quote, where basically yeah. it's the same thing that they've got to do to Tom Holland. Where they're like <laughs> shut your damn mouth. Yeah. And I think that that's probably, it's, it's probably going to be across the board at this point because having the raised expectations for some people while watching this show probably made this finale a bit of a bummer for a lot of people. I'm going to yeah. guess. I, I think that the internet hype like outkicked its coverage on what the show had. Yeah. And we'll, we'll cover more of that going on with the show. Let's go to question three. Three, Adam is the same off mic and on, but Bruce, you aren't. So who's the conditional Bruce? Podcast Bruce or IRL Bruce? This is interesting to me. That's why I put it in. I was just like, hmm, this is an unconventional question, but I like it. What do you think, Adam? I don't know. I don't know if I have that level of insight. Here's the thing. Um, I, I'd like to I tell everybody that in uh, those people that support us over at patreon.com slash HMP, they get the pre-show and post-show. They realize that for the most part, we are, you know, just a like I'll call it 10 percent extra of what our actual personalities are, you know, on the show. Like whenever our shows are going, it's probably us plus about 10 percent, I guess. Because we're, we're, we're not too far different from who we are. I, I don't know that Bruce is so different. I think he's a little bit more reserved in on shows than he is in real life. Because if anybody gets a, a little one-on-one time with Bruce in the real world, Bruce is a lot more cynical than I think a lot of people really think he is. <laughs> There's some, you can, you'll have a couple of real dark conversations with, with Bruce and you're like, oh, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I made it pretty clear. I'm bitter. No, bitter, but you, you, you hide it very well in the shows. So, but like there, there is, there's a couple of moments where you're just like, Oh, uh, all right. Well, that's, you know, good. Good. Uh, are you okay, buddy? <laughs> I think nihilists are too optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, he's not that far off though. I, th- I think, uh, this is a, are you conditioned? I think it's conditional Bruce, at least as far as podcast is concerned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. this comes to us from Jordan. I remember seeing White Vision as a kid in the early 90s arcade game Captain America and the Avengers. And it was in the same vein as the X-Men and Ninja Turtles arcade game where you could choose to be Captain America, Hawkeye, Iron Man, and Vision, who was white. My question is, what powers did the Mind Stone give Vision that he wouldn't have had if he had a different power source like the, in the comics? That one comes to us from Jordan. 
I don't know that the Mind Stone really gave him any powers that I could pick up here unless it's the beam that he shoots out of the stone is is probably different in some way. But part of why I didn't like the Mind Stone, like I thought the Soul Stone would make more sense is because I always felt like that is what gave him a soul or gave him more than just a really well-programmed AI. It made him a human, so to speak. So I think it's not so much on like powers like you get in the comics, but I think that took the place of what Simon Williams brainwaves did in the comics. I think I, I, I can't speak for the comics, but watching, watching how vanilla vision behaves in this, in this episode, this last episode, I think we are going to get a vision who is uh far more emotionless than the vision we've had. I think we're going to get a vision who is uh, like super clinical, almost like, like you're watching Dexter style robot where he, he means well, but he has no, there's no emotional component and it's, it, it's going to be brought up. And I think that might uh, kind of be in tune. I'm not an expert on the white vision era in the comics, but I think that was when he was rebuilt and Simon Williams refused to let him have his brainwaves the second time. So he was kind of like what you're describing, Sean. Hmm. Question five. The revealed that the tome was actually the dark hold. Was that the finally, the final F you to agents of shield? Now, I, I never really watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. enough, but I know that that book goes in into play in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. somehow. And doesn't it look like, doesn't the front of the cover in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. look like the cover of a Dawkins album or something? Yes, with like uh, the the fake chrome like you get on a Chrysler is like glued on it saying the dark old. It's got and, that, and like, it, honestly, it's got like an affliction font on it. It's so bad. Yes. And it, it has it, it has its own storyline going in a different direction, totally from what we get with the quote real dark hold that we're seeing here. And that was always, you know, kind of one of my problems with Agents of Shield. Not really their fault, but just Marvel never respected it, so it was hard for me to respect it. Yeah, I think when you got all the, just, it looked weird and stupid. This this thing looked like a, an old ancient book and everything, and not something that the prop department cooked up in a weekend. And, you know, even when I said, I think that book's the Darkhold, people would point out, no, no, we've already seen the Darkhold. It looks totally different than this book. And I was like, yeah, but that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That doesn't count. Yes, it does. Well, no, it doesn't. I'm to, yeah, I'm to understand that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. no longer counts as continuity. Is that right? And how does that work? Or, I, I, may be asking, that it, I may be asking questions that we don't know the answer to on this show. I would show, argue but. it never counted. They just didn't tell the people making the show. <laughs> it's in Ike Perlmutter's headcanon. <laughs> It's Elseworlds. That's just how we deal with it. It's fine. It's something else. We don't care. Let's go to question six. In history, how many fights do you think have been de-escalated by a riddle? <laughs> Not nearly enough, man. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great when I was in junior high, instead of being like neurotic, that somebody was going to jump me at the water fountain, I just had to have a good riddle in the holster? <laughs> Answer like, me these riddles three. <laughs> Wait something. a second. Wait a second. Before you punch me in the face, who's born with four legs? Yes. <laughs> Two, then three. <laughs> Oh, man. Walking home from college, I wouldn't have to be afraid of taking those shortcuts down the dark alleys if I knew my riddles. <laughs> and believe me, I know my riddles. <laughs> I'm quite the riddle, man. <laughs> I I hate riddles because I'm so terrible at them. And I just, it's one of those things when you hear the uh, the answer, it's always like, whatever. 
There's only two kinds of riddles, and they're both terrible. Like the ones you can't figure out and the ones you've heard before, and they're both terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both fall into the terrible category. The only person who really enjoys the riddle is the one asking it, I guess. (laughs) Well, it's because it's a power trip. They want to seem like they're smarter and that they've got something up on you, and it's all just trying to flex on somebody. Hey, it did uh, sort of de-escalate things between Frodo and Gollum, didn't it? That's true. Was, no, that was that wasn't that was, uh, Frodo. That was, that was Bilbo. Bilbo, but yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he got a little bit of. Uh, he cheated though. Come on, what's in my pocket? That's not a riddle. Yeah, and usually it goes in another direction, but they don't allow that in Hobbiton. <laughs> Question oh. seven: Hayward says that Vision is three billion dollars worth of vibranium, which somehow he's that's the way that they track the Vision through Westview. But we see Wanda create him out of whole cloth. Can Wanda just create vibranium? I, maybe I was lost on this one. She's totally missed an excellent business opportunity if she is able to do that. Right? You I should th- just start cranking that out. I think she can, but I think that it's fool's vibranium. So, like, you know, like, you're like, oh, man, I can't believe I got all this vibram- vibranium from that really well-dressed witch and now I'm going to try to sell it on the open market. And then all of a sudden it turns into, you know, ash. <laughs> oh, and you're like, man. oh, man, I, that that really well-dressed witch just completely screwed me out of that deal. Like, that's what would happen. Visible ink. <laughs> <laughs> question eight. If Ralph is, oh, I'm sorry. This question comes to us from listener Larry Truillo. If Ralph is just another Westview resident, why didn't S.W.O.R.D. identify him as such? And why did Ralph's appearance set off a S.W.O.R.D. alert? And why does he have superpowers and a vague memory from Wanda and Pietro's childhood? Maybe Agatha's mind control necklace was enchanted to do that. What do you guys think? I, I think the the, uh, the the necklace thing is really they're out on any of these if they yeah. want it to be in comic book lore. It's just like, nah, 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 that's because of the, the necklace. If the necklace wasn't there, that wouldn't be a ding thing. Yeah, it's uh, true. I, I took it as that everything is based on the necklace. So the second that the necklace gets ripped off, you know, the the the, the actor shows up. But I think that I, I, I think that the, don't they even mention like that he's getting his power through Agatha at some point? I, uh, think I mean, so. they do show her like doing a little uh, hocus pocus magic on the lawn when he's first knocking on the door. So right. maybe that I, I still feel like I still feel like this is probably the weakest thread in the story. It still kind of feels like they didn't think they could get Evan Peters. And then when they could, they needed to to make it work but you could almost just take that character completely out and the story doesn't change. Yeah. But I think that one, and you're right about that, but I mean, that's how red herrings work. And I think that that's another thing that Marvel just learned is that if you're going to have, if you're going to have a red herring, go ahead and have that red herring, but don't have it with so much baggage behind it that like people are going to get physically angry with you when you pull back. And and I think this is going to be, you know, personally, I think this is going to be like a Mandalorian. Listen to me, Mandalorian. I'm talking about the the Mandarin and I'm calling him the Mandalorian. I think it's going to be like the Mandarin where they're going to do something in the future that says, no, no, this really was Pietro. I think it's going to be something like that. Yeah, I think they'll find a way to do that. And and I I think that throughout this entire series, and, you know, there's even gags in the background that let you know that they know that you know. 
I, I think a lot of it is them pushing buttons and 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 looking at expectations and thoughts about where things are and what they you know relate to and everything and going we we need to push these people in another direction make them think that we're gonna zig and then we're gonna zag. I think as a parent, you know what this felt like to me. It felt like telling the kids, you know what? In May, we might go to Disney World. And then when May rolls around, you say, well, it didn't happen. We said might. We didn't say definitely. The kids are going to be way angrier than if you'd said nothing at all. It's That's more how like, I feel about this. It's more like you tell your kids that you're about to go to Disney World. And then two months later, you tell them, oh, Disney World actually burned down. Don't worry about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or even better, it's when you say, hey, kids, we just got back from Disney World. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, what fun. They come in, they got the ears on and everything. <laughs> Don't worry, we got pictures for you to look at. We we had a thing like that once where, like, my family, we were going through kind of a rough financial time and everything. So they were like, we want to do something with the kids that'll uh, that'll be fun and cheap and everything. And they brought us out to this, you know, like, laser light show or something that was free. And there was somebody that was walking around selling all the wares and stuff. And they were just, like, little neon light things that kids would, like, you know, just throw around and stuff like that. And my sister wanted one so bad. And my parents were just like, look at these kids. They're not having any fun with this stuff. And you've never seen kids more excited to have... <laughs> pieces of garbage in their life and they were just running around like they had the best time ever and it just made my sister cry which just made us all laugh even harder they were just like look at them they're not even having fun these kids are like that's the best day of my life (laughs) (laughs) it was so good what's the next question question nine question nine how does one go about suing an Avenger? Because in real life, at the very least, there's a class action lawsuit against Wanda, right? And not only that, I want to add this too. You would think that at some point after she leaves, the residents of Westview like start a thing like uh, hashtag Westview strong where we're going to yeah. get through this. Like all of that <laughs> stuff, that's all going to happen, right? Enter well, Foggy if Nelson. I may, if I may uh, go first here, Adam. Mm. I think the way that that lawsuits like this work is you don't sue Wanda because Wanda ain't got nothing. What you got to do is figure out how it's Pepper Potts fault because she's got Uh, that sweet, sweet Tony Stark money. Right. And and I'm pretty sure you could connect these dots back to Tony and then sue his estate, which is Pepper. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because you, you just go, pots. oh, it's it's all on account of Vision. Vision came from Stark. Stark or it's Pepper. all on account of yeah. Oh, yep. It's it's on account of Vision, Ultron, and the Stark Industries bomb that hit her neighborhood. I mean, there's so many ways to tie this back. You you want to sue the guy with the money. You don't want to sue the person who's guilty. <laughs> Tony Stark's looking off from the afterlife, going, "Whoo, I got out just in time." <laughs> Question 10. While living in Westview and coming under Wanda's powers is indeed a day wrecker, wouldn't it be a real, like, wouldn't being a real-life actor who plays someone in Westview kind of be a dream gig? Because think about it. You're there, you don't have all the responsibility in the world, but you get a lot of different, you know, costume changes, you get different lines and stuff like that. All There's no pressure on you, but you get to do all the really cool stuff that you, oh, know, you normally don't get to do as kind of a, a guest star in a sitcom. You've sold me. I think I would have been happy if I were in those circumstances. Plus, you get all the good food and stuff like that. I Listen, I'd be an extra in, in, for Westview any day of the week. Only problem is, <laughs> if you don't do well, you don't get fired. You have to get, like, obliterated or something. Well, I'm no, but I mean, real life, the real life actors themselves. Yeah, but like, that's a great saying, This character's not working out. We need to kill him off. You probably really get killed off. Yeah, they don't need you. The world wouldn't <laughs> the world wouldn't care too much on you. 
Oh man, could I please have a spinoff, Wanda? <laughs> uh, that I did like. I did like that Dottie, we finally figure out kind of who Dottie is. And I do like that uh, the idea, and I thought this was really neat, that her daughter for, has been locked in her room because yeah. the, the programming won't let her kind of get to him. I thought that was like a really neat thing that uh, I wish they would have explored more stuff like that. Yeah, that's they, almost like a horror movie. Yeah, it's they, just they like, please, probably, we could do anything. Just make him a bully. I don't give a crap. Just let my daughter out of her room because she's it, been stuck there for however long this has been going on. And if the past is any indication of the future, what will happen is in about four to five years when we've kind of forgotten about this, they'll revisit it in a really good, strong way to make us want to go back and watch it again. <laughs> Pardon me, question 11. So what exactly happened with Vision versus Vision? All right. So the way that I understand it, and you know, you guys tell me if I'm wrong here, but the way that I'm understanding it is that you got vision, right? And and Wanda's version of vision, and that is the software to vision. Then you have vanilla vision, who's basically the hardware of vision. And so when vision fights vision, and then he, and then he really trips him up with that riddle. And then, and then he, vanilla vision realizes that he should that, oh yeah, yeah, please, please. Let me like get my, like, like fire up my memories, please. Like that kind of thing. He's getting, he's getting the download of memories of the original vision, which doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to have all the emotions. He can just access those memories and it changes him enough to understand that this, this being is no, these two beings are no longer my enemy. Am I getting it? I think so. I think it's a lot like a like an EA video game. You buy it, and then they're like, "Hey, would you like to spend sixty extra dollars for the uh, for the season pass DLC? that comes through?" Yeah. And then, the, but the, all that season, you don't download anything. It literally just unlocks the crap that's already you know baked into the game, which is the worst for me. It's like if I'm getting DLC, you can let me download that. Don't put it on the disc to begin with. But that's what I feel like it was here. This was just kind of a hard reboot. I mean, they even pressed the power button on his head. You know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> they I cycle had... him through, and then they then he gets all of that that info which i thought was kind of neat it's like it's buried deep within your system i can go through your system and and unlock those memories that are already there and i had a preconceived notion like before this episode ever aired i was convinced that uh, vision was going to transfer whatever it is that makes him vision to this new one so now we have vision again and that's what I think kind of happened, but that might just be me wanting to confirm my own theory. No, I think that totally is what happened. I think because he said it himself, he he go like all of this comes to mind. He understands all of it, and he just go his eyes change back to kind of their normal mm-hmm. shape and everything, and he just goes, "I am Vision," and then just takes off because I believe and his that that voice point, changes a bit too. Yeah, it, it goes from kind of the more roboticy kind of thing, and I felt like I could be wrong, and it may just have been the robot filter that they put on there, but. It, at least when it when we first start to hear him, I, it sounded like a little Ultron esque. It may just be the filter. No, in there. you're just you're man. You're just you're just cheering for that. I know, I'm just saying it. But they had that same kind of robot-y filter on the voice. That's what that's. I guess that's really what I'm saying. Okay. Question. It was David Spade. <laughs> David Spade all along. <laughs> Question twelve. Is Agent Jimmy Wu about to get a big promotion? I don't know, man, because, you know, he's now a series regular on The Young Rock on NBC, so he may not have any more time for Marvel. How many? Oh, come on. Let's, well, I, I was about to say, how long could a Young Rock show go on? But, like, 
Chris Rock show, Everybody Hates Chris, that went on for like many a season, didn't it? It was a good show. I, a lot of people liked it. I never really watched it, but I, I heard it was good. But uh, that was show was on for uh, quite some time, so maybe. But I don't know. I've seen his, uh, all I'll say is this. If, uh, if Jimmy Woo comes back... He needs to uh, shave the, uh, the the facial hair that uh, that he currently has right now in all of his shows because when Randall Park <laughs> is on like uh, Conan and stuff, he's got like a swashbuckler kind of uh, facial <laughs> hair thing going on right now. I can't have J- uh, Jimmy Woo wearing that. He's he's clean shaven on the Young Rock, and the character he plays is a character named Randall Park. <laughs> so he's like playing a fictional version of himself on the Young Rock, and it's kind of how cool. do they pull that name? <laughs> hey, and it's set in the year 2032 it's all very confusing but it works what is that for real it's set in 2032 for real man the young rock is set in 2032 okie doke like just because on that premise alone i'm kind of intrigued enough to tune in for one <laughs> hey, episode you should, you should tune into uh, like- uh the young rock 31 questions the thing i'm working <laughs> on <laughs> wait we, we didn't tell you what's happening to this feed after this show <laughs> Question 13. Before I watched this episode, I actually watched all eight previous episodes of WandaVision in a row. <laughs> and uh, and in the Halloween episode, it made me notice something that I can no longer unsee. So my question to you guys is, is it worse to be a lady who's forced to wear a push-up bra for a show or be someone like Paul Bettany who has to wear a fake chest and probably fake shoulders uh, to look good for a show? Because all I could do is keep looking at his fake chest. Well, I'm going to say as a guy, if I had a fake chest, I think I'd like it. I don't think it would be <laughs> shaming at all. I'd be like, hey, you want to you want to bounce a quarter off of this chest? But it doesn't even I, look good. I think that's my biggest problem is that it didn't look it wasn't a convincing prosthetic. I just go, he's just got a couple of hand towels under there. <laughs> I've tried a couple of hand towels. They don't work as well as what Paul Bettany had. <laughs> uh, with... Uh, with ladies with a push-up bra, I mean, look, like that's sort of a, what God gave you situation. And you can either have that, you know, surgically altered or not. So it's not really that big a deal for guys. When you need to, when you need to wear that stuff, basically what you're telling everyone is I could never get those muscles. And, and that's fine when you're Paul Bettany, because Paul Bettany has a long storied career in acting it's if paul bettany like this is literally his first gig and they're like look you gotta bulk up like thor did and he's like never <laughs> you know like that's, if that's you don't the, bulk up we're calling kira top that's the issue right so like i think that I, I i don't think it matters so much because specifically it's paul bettany but if you were hiring somebody off the street like they did thor like that dude had better start working out and I'm sure there's a contractual obligation in their marriage that him and Jennifer Connelly have to weigh the same. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, can we all agree, though, that uh, Ricardo Montalban had the best fake chest ever? In Without a doubt, not even close. Well, yeah, I, I want that one. Like, I don't want one like it. I want that one. Well, there's also uh, UHF, which I, I think is more of a... <laughs> That's it's more, a really good one, more than yeah. just a chest, but that's the kind of that's the kind of bulky outfit that I that I would go for. It's like, give me the full Stallone, please. Thank you. Yeah. Fourteen. Are you disappointed? Hayward turned out to be nothing more than an overly aggressive bureaucrat. I feel like Hayward's story is not quite done. I don't know where we'll see him again or if we'll see him again, but something tells me there's a little something else beyond the horizon. 
I think you'll be on season eight of Agents of Shield. <laughs> <laughs> I I would not be surprised in any way if he shows up again and you know, like he's the 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 guy where he's the guy behind the guy sort of thing. He pulls off a rubber mask and he's Norman Osborne. He could he could easily, I mean, just because of the way that they've uh you know put everything out, out on the table. I could see him coming back in Captain Marvel too in some way, having some yeah, sort of uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that actually would work. That, yeah. that it feels like that's a place where he would kind of belong, especially between him and Monica and stuff like that. And you know, you, you know, Monica's got to be in uh, in Captain Marvel too. So, oh come on, what are you? No way. I yeah, you know, it's a guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I don't I don't like going out too far on limbs, but that's I think there's a chance she could be Captain Marvel three. That well, hey, listen, you know. Your mouse to God is yours. I, I enjoyed her performance uh, this year. 15. What happened when Wanda takes Agatha back to the scene at the witch trial? Did Agatha pull a switcheroo? Or was Wanda trying to keep her distracted long enough to put the runes back in, uh, to put the runes up in Westview? Do you, I, do you see what I'm trying to ask? I, I absolutely see your question because uh, I kind of had the same question. I did not have an answer. I don't really know what was going on there. It almost just seemed like uh, it was about style more than narrative. I think everything that we saw in kind of the flashback there and everything was indeed just inside of her head, much like we've seen, because she did the exact same thing to Tony Stark. Yes. So I feel like this was definitely what was inside of her head, setting her up for all of those things. And I want to talk about this for half a second, because I've seen this uh, thought flow around the internet a little bit, and this is more, uh, you know, comic booky explaining your way out of stuff. <clears throat> because obviously uh, we get the... And I knew runes were coming into it. I'm sorry, Marvel, I got to bash you a little bit on this. When you had your previously on WandaVision, I was just like, well, we all know that runes are going to have some sort of bullcrap going on with here. Because you, you put it out on Front Street like that, and it was a little bit on the nose from my particular taste. But I feel like all of that was that setup to be able to do that. But I think Wanda at the same time was also like floating her in the air. Because if she can't do any magic while she's there, she had to float her up in the air and then... Uh, make her think that her powers are coming out and zapping the lifeblood out of her. Like, it's kind of a hell of a trick if you really think about it. And also a needless trick. Like, like if you've got the upper hand, you've got the runes, you don't need the trick. You've got the power. Yeah. It's, it's just it's rubbing it in at that point. That's like running up the score, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a comic booky thing. I mean, I guess that's really ultimately how you have to look at it. It's just like, listen, man, it's it's a comic yeah. book, and that's how it's, she's got to roll. <laughs> I think I think that we're missing a, a a key ingredient here though, which is that it's showing you that Wanda is learning, because there wasn't a lot of that happening earlier. No, you know, it was like, certainly the the first step in her uh, development of this and stuff. Yeah, and you know, interesting that she preserved Agatha, so when she needs to learn more, there's always that uh, uh, key to come unlock and interrogate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh. and I think that we'll probably get like the Hannibal Lecter slash Loki thing, where you know she's in prison, and you you gotta you you gotta talk to her while she's in prison, so you can get some answers. She still of. had her uh, brooch there at the end, so you know it's all it's all there. Uh, what are we got here? Uh, 16? Sixteen. Sixteen. I pulled this question from Bruce because I had it as well. And hey, why not uh, do less work for me? Uh, so, what do you think happened to Senior Scratchy? Because here's here's where I really thought about this: is that you know when Agnes first reveals herself, 
she just she's uh, talking to the rabbit and says she doesn't recognize us, and so it still feels like there's something going on with that rabbit. Yeah, kind of weird that the rabbit was totally absent from the final episode because they worked so hard to get it in all the prior ones. It's eating birds that are flying around, and it's, I don't know, it just, it seemed quite strange. It, th- that was one of the few uh, dangling participles, <laughs> if you will. And I almost wonder if Senior Scratchy is going to be one of those things that they didn't expect the audience to latch onto, so it's going to show up sometime in the future as a way bigger deal than they ever planned. You mean a food of the god size rabbit? I'm about it. <laughs> no, well, maybe, maybe Night of the Leapus. Make it happen. Night of the Leapus. <laughs> DeForest Kelly's finest role. <laughs> <laughs> Number 17. What did you think of Wanda's Scarlet Witch costume? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think that this is a, it's such an upgrade, which doesn't happen all the time with superheroes. Like, remember when we saw daredevil's costume at the end of season one and we we're kind of like ah oh, that sucks <laughs> you know but this is the opposite reaction where when you see her it is it is a wonderful costume one but two she looks so great in it yeah you know yeah. it really does feature her very well and it also is a it's a nod to scarlet witch and it's a nod to vision because there's that little cape on the back and like all of these things and it's very well done and i love it I, this is this is probably the best thing about the finale, I think, is her costume change. Yeah, one of the better jobs they've done of trying to to make that compromise between what looks good in a drawing and what looks good on screen. I I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it seems it it feels like it's a, a functional piece of uh, of clothing as opposed to just some weird costume. But again, I think all the uh, the costumes that we've had her in throughout this entire season and stuff have all been really fantastic. And that's just I think one of the uh, undersung people in this show will be the wardrobe department because they had so much to do and, and just a billion his, costume changes for everybody, which in these shows and, doesn't normally happen like that. And I want to compliment hair and makeup too, because her hair, when she's in that Scarlet Witch costume, man, that is, that's enough to make me want to go to confessional. I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's she. She's just fantastic, and like I, 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 this show really, honest to God, lives and dies with her, and uh, it just she kills it. Yeah, she really is. I mean, she is she's the best part of the show, which is great since you know she's the lead and everything, which doesn't always happen. <laughs> yeah, and there was a part of me that was skeptical as to whether or not she was really going to be the lead, but she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it it honestly, we had so many ideas and thoughts as to who could be where and coming in and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of those things would have really detracted from the story and taken away. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad we didn't necessarily, I, I think in a lot of ways, I'm glad that we didn't have those things. So, uh, 18. Uh, if, if you had to guess... What movie will Vanilla Vision show up in first? I, geez, I think it's going to be something that uh, hasn't started shooting yet. It's going to be whatever the next big equivalent of like Civil War pre-Avengers movie is. Well, I mean, Wanda's going to be in Multiverse of Madness. So like, But, but I don't think he will be. I don't think that he will be in a major way. I think that he, like that may be a post credit scene, perhaps. 
oh, okay, yeah, that's that's fair game. That that would then that. kind of start that next leg, if you will. I could see that. I, but you're right. I don't think he's. I don't think that uh, we can have him be a major part of that story. But I think that you know, by the time that that movie rolls around, and by the time that the credits roll, everyone's going to kind of have forgotten about Vanilla now, Vision. L- let me tell you what I think is going to happen with Vision in in uh, Multiverse of Madness. I think that like an a, a fake illusion of vision will be created by a nightmare to try to weaken Wanda. Oh, I'm sure that that, count. Does that count as the vanilla vision? If it's like a, uh, an illusion of the vanilla vision, does that still count? I don't think so. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't say that counts, but I think we'll see plenty of Paul Bettany, but I don't think it'll actually be the character there. I think it'll be like clever deception. Yeah. You kind of, because let's just say that, you know, because the bad guys like to torture characters, the good characters and stuff like that. And if they're doing it with, you know, visions, if you will, no, no pun intended, uh, I, I feel like he would almost have to show up in some form like that to kind and, of pull her in one direction or another. I guess I'll just go ahead and ask now. So when when Paul Bettany said he was excited to work with somebody he's never worked with before, was he talking about himself? Yes. Was it Vanilla Vision? Yeah. Oh yes. my gosh. He he is yeah. he came out and admitted it in an interview. It's just like, yes, that's kind of talking about me. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's like when, when you straight up crazy. say it, it's just like, and, and at the same time too. But I also think he realizes at this point because from what I saw in that little interview, he was just kind of like, ah, maybe I wouldn't have quite put it that way again. <laughs> So <laughs> I think I think he realizes that uh, that that, and that was the day the public turned on Paul Bettany. <laughs> you know, we liked him before, but mm, no, thank you. We didn't like him as much as he does. No, <laughs> 19, Adam. Ralph mentioned Steven Seagal. So who has bad taste, Ralph or the writers of this show? Because if we're referencing anybody, it, it should be Sylvester Stallone. Well, here's the here's the deal, right? Is that you, if you mention Sylvester Stallone, you're not going to get a reaction. Because, you know, there's people who love Sylvester. He's a man of taste. And they should. But there's also people who don't like his movies, and that's perfectly acceptable. That's why. But the thing about Steven Seagal is there is no one there to protect him. Like, there's no one who's going to be like, yeah, listen, he made some really good. No one is ever going to do that. And strangely, he doesn't count as punching down either. Yeah, that is that is strange how that is is kind of the case. We should feel sorry for him, but like I guess his no. uh, his ego and stuff is so big that you can't feel sorry for him because he doesn't allow you to. Guy and- tried to buy the life rights for Jimi <laughs> Hendrix so he could play Jimi Hendrix in the movie. Listen, I'm telling you, I, if you want to hear and- my purple haze, it's really great. <laughs> And for what it's worth, uh, Sylvester Stallone is a character in universe, so they probably oh, also don't true. want to call him out. Also true. Yeah, I just watched Guardians Volume 2 the other day. So, So Uh, number 20. So, if Agatha is to be believed, it's the Scarlet Witch's destiny to destroy the world. Do you think we'll see that play out at some point? No, I think that she has become basically the Marvel version of a great Jedi with this with this show. Where, you know, she's she's more on the side of good, but she's not like just going to do good for good sake anymore. I think that there has to be something more to it than that for her at this point. Th- and, and, and I think that makes for a very interesting character. I think that, uh, she, there's the possibility that she's kind of, uh, 
quote unquote the first villain in uh, Multiverse of Madness, and then it's just kind of like a maybe you have to snap out of it or something kind of thing, and then help me destroy the thing that's really coming after us. I'm picturing her being haunted by it, but something happens in the mouth of, I keep wanting to call it the mouth of madness, the (laughs) multiverse of madness. I think something's going to happen, and Doctor Strange is going to observe the words in the book changing, and then realizes that she can change her destiny. I I think it will be something kind of corny like that. Tell you what, if Sam Neill doesn't show up in multiverse of madness, I'm going to be a little pissed. (laughs) Well, he's definitely in the new Thor movie. Well, yeah, he listen. We can, you know, hey, we can. So is Mel- Melissa McCarthy is hella in the new Thor movie. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. We, we got a we got many a Melissa McCarthy movie on the on the horizon. Don't worry, I haven't even told you guys about that for ancient people. We'll talk about that. Oh, oh, I know the movie you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. God bless. Twenty one, Sean. Does it feel like they originally had a different ending to the show, but changed some things around because of COVID? Listen, we can't have you fight somebody else, uh, Paul. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm just talking about the, the, the because it, they had to change the order of stuff around that they were like, you know, oh, we have OK. This- yeah, yeah. Like maybe they were going to build on something we would know if we'd seen Black Widow, but because we yes. didn't. OK, I was oh. totally puzzled when you asked this question. I wanted to know what you were thinking, because I was like, what do you mean? Like hand washing? Like, like I, was this going to be about a plague and they decided not to? I, I had no idea where you were going. It's like that. we can CGI people in together with each other. Like, we had like Thanos for three that, films. Uh, <laughs> when I heard that they changed uh, some elements of the stand because of COVID, I understood. But when you asked this, I didn't get it. <laughs> but now it makes more sense. The release schedule. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. no, that's that's an interesting thought. I, I never really kind of considered that. But uh, possibly. The reason why. The, the main reason why I ask is because it feels sort of, um, for lack of a better way to say this, Men in Black 2, where, you know, they had a totally different ending for Men in Black 2, and then they had to change it because of 9-11, and the ending is, you know, not great for that movie and killed the franchise. But what I'm wondering is if they had to change some things around last minute just because of there's no black widow. You know, you're supposed to see uh Falcon and winter soldier first, just stuff like that. Oh, where... See, I, I was thinking maybe in black widow, there was a kid named uh, Ralph Boner and he grew up to be Evan Peters and it'd make more <laughs> sense. If we'd seen that <laughs> like this really fast kid. Boner. I love, I love when he even does that. <laughs> the character himself goes boner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> a guy, guy like that would make sense. 22. Uh, Bruce, this might be a little bit more for you here, but I've heard that the Dark Hole is basically the one ring. Any thoughts about that and what it might lead to? Because it's clearly what she's reading at the end of it, the uh, show. It would lead to a uh, four hour cut of the next movie. <laughs> I'd like to see that. But because it, the Dark Hole, like, does that go through and, like, the more you use it, the more you look corrupts and read you? Yeah. corruption and all that kind of good stuff? Oh, man, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It says she's the end of the world, and it makes it happen when she reads it. Oh, I like that idea. But Plus, I, she's clearly gotten way more powerful in that little end scene. Now, people were talking about this on the Internet, and I think uh, – I don't know how much I really believe in this, but, like, remember when you saw in Doctor Strange – where he was sleeping in his corporeal form, is that right? Is that the right word? Is yeah. uh, he, He's up doing all the studying and stuff like that. Somebody said, she's even, like, he has to sleep while she does that. She goes out and gets tea and does all this other thing. That's how more advanced that she is than him. 
I don't the know. The corporeal form is the flesh form. The other form is the astral, astral form. form. I'm sorry. I, like I said, I'm not a very bright man. I, I can't help it. When I get an opportunity to, well, actually, I got to. No, well, I'd, I'd rather, when it comes to things like that, I'd rather you tell me than me look uh, even more yeah. of the fool than I normally do. No, I like that. I I like what you're getting at, though, there with question 22, that like it is both the solution and cause of the problem. Well, uh, you know, it's too bad, Bruce, that you already have an Internet name because you could make your Internet name Will Actually. (laughs) Never too late. Never too late for an alias. (laughs) You can change those at any time. 24. Do you think... (laughs) Twenty three. Uh, twenty three. I'm sorry. I just wanted to. Maybe. Well, you know what I wanted to do. Twenty three. At the very end of the final post credit scene, we hear what I assume are Billy and Tommy calling for help. Where do you think they are? They're in hell. They're all am, in hell. I am going to guess that they're wherever Kang is ruling. Is my nice. Guess. I love that answer. Mm-hmm. I I definitely see. Uh, part of me thinks that because I, I i'm rooting for bruce i root for bruce so hard every day i want to see uh, uh these kids in puppet form so maybe those <laughs> kids are in hell and and one day we will see mephisto wear some uh kids for puppet hands yeah i'm in bruce's category that's what i'm hoping i'm hoping we get these kids in hell in puppet hands that would be freaky too but here let's be frank if you're gonna see that image wouldn't multiverse of madness be the place that yes. you'd see that mess Absolutely, it would make man. way more sense than it would for this one. I think it'd be too disturbing for this show, <laughs> but for that, yeah, I think that makes enough sense. They go back in time. They help Kang beat up his bullies. You got Iron Lad. Boom, we got a movie. Boom, done and done. Now twenty four. <laughs> now twenty four. Do you think that cabin Wanda is staying in is the same cabin the Hulk stayed in at the end of his movie? <laughs> I like the idea that it's like this retreat that only the people in the know know about. And there's very few places like that. So she has to take advantage of it. It's like the and Camp then, like, David Hulk for superheroes. Stand. <laughs> Hulk picks up a one night stand, shows up. She's there. Big argument breaks out. <laughs> Hulk puts sock on doorknob. <laughs> I had the sulking cabin scheduled for this month. I'll tell you what, though, if you're going to be locked in a place, you couldn't pick a more uh, a beautiful place to get locked up in for uh, some period of time. That place is good looking, man. As long as they got good Wi-Fi, I'm down. I also, I saw something that said, or at least it connected the possibility that this looks a lot like the place that uh, Baron Zemo is in in one of the uh, Winter Soldier ads or something. I've not watched any, so I can't really say to it, but that's that's a, a thing that's going around on the internet. I like the idea that it's like a real-world situation where these random people are forced to stay in a cabin out in the middle of a lake for a month. <laughs> Just stay in, you'll be fine. Uh, 25. That's right. I said the scrolls and I was right. Am I that good or is scroll always going to be just the deus ex Darcy Lewis in the MCU that comes swinging in at the last moment to save the day and answer some questions? I think we're going to get sick of scrolls before they're done pulling this. I mean, we got secret invasion coming up. So my get, I, I would hope oh, oh, I'm going to go ahead and call it scrolls. I will call it for that, too. And I'm not even the comic book expert, and even I'll call you out on that one. Of course, that's Skrulls. But is that... Okay, then I guess future question. Will that be uh, the end of the scroll arc? Because I feel like you can't rely on scrolls forever, man, because the shape-shifting thing, it's going to its gonna wear off at some point. It's going to lose its magic. It's, it's going to stick around till everybody gets to do it once, and then nobody's going to want to do it a second time. 
Yeah. I feel like, though, we have to get some, uh, like, either Evans or somebody in there in one of the scroll things just to pop up for half a second and get, you know, the internet going woo and then, oh, nope, scroll. I just feel like that's Super Scroll would be a good villain for the Fantastic Four movie. You're not going to hear me fight you on that one. (laughs) I I also, we keep, we're missing the point here. And that's that, yes, Adam, you are that good. Thank you. God, finally. It's it's about time we all start saying it. (laughs) (laughs) Me, Adam predicts scrolls. I predict Dick Van Dyke. He's right, I'm wrong. (laughs) I tell you what, though, that was a a weird question you had, Bruce. I left it out of the show, but this is the last one on WandaVision. So you you heard Dick Van Dyke was going to have a a, a cameo in this? People people were convinced that the big surprise cameo, the the person that was going to drop our jaws, was Dick Van Dyke, who Paul Bettany has never worked with before. A ninety eight year old spry, <laughs> ninety five man. Come on, he he's still younger looks, than Betty White by four years. He still looks fantastic. Like he's wearing he, the Captain America costume full in. Oh yes, now that <laughs> you got me signed up right there. Twenty six. Do you think Wanda has fully processed her grief and can now proceed without being portrayed as either insecure or unstable? I think she has to be at this point because uh, it was a good arc for the character. I believe that it, it feels like there was gravity to the end of this situation. She had to go through, confront uh, you know, her situation, her entire life situation, quite frankly, uh, because she went through all of that stuff. So I feel like that bit definitely is over. And I think the next kind of hurdle for her will be, and we see that she's already quite on her way is being able to, uh, harness those powers for what, what one would hope would be good things. Because in the comics, I don't feel like she was able to escape that, uh, narrative rut that her character was in until James Robinson did his Wanda, uh, his Scarlet Witch miniseries or limited series. And now I think she's out of it in the comics. And to be honest, it just, it gets old if they had her stand in that rut forever in the movies. I think that what's happened is that the inciting incident for her to fully process everything started in the finale of, of the show. I think that most of the homework is going to be done off screen and by the time we see her again, that she's going to have dealt with everything. Kind of like what happened on the show where her brother dies and you don't see any of the work she had to do, you know, in Avengers Mansion. We, we, yeah. we see it in flashbacks here. Um, I think that that I, and I think that's the way to go with it. I think that you have, you know, the majority of the work of her, you know, just mentally dealing with it. No one, no one wants to watch the hours and hours that process takes. So, you know, you have her do it off screen and Bob's your uncle. She goes from Sarah Connor in the Terminator to Sarah Connor in Terminator 2. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 27. If you're a massive Scarlet, Scarlet Witch fan, and they must exist, I know a guy who just loves the blob. <laughs> Are you satisfied with this ending, do you think? Well, I don't know how any decent human being could find the blob uh, to be a fantastic character, but that's neither here nor there. I I would I'm not a huge Scarlet Witch fan or anything, but to me it felt like uh we we came across we dotted enough T's and crossed enough I's for my for my liking. And in a show that had a lot of things to kind of uh, shore up there in 45 minutes, they did a pretty darn good job of it. 
I'm going to say something bold. I think this ending will create massive Scarlet Witch fans. It's been kind of hard to be a big Scarlet Witch fan the way she's been dealt with in the comics. And this, uh, this I think, is the thing that could create a massive Scarlet Witch fan. I, I certainly agree with that. I mean, again, it, it goes back to really the, the inception of Marvel and a lot of characters like Iron Man that's like, regular people at the time it doesn't seem that way today but at the time yeah, people C-list. were like this is a c-list character that we're bringing in here now nerds like us were like iron man is not a c-list character what's wrong with you but in the public's eye he most certainly was and people love iron man today my, my god i've seen kids get excited over the next ant-man movie and i'm like what world are we living in this is so great so i i'm on board with bruce i think a lot of people we may not have been as crazy over the moon about this show uh, but I, I think there are a lot of people who definitely, definitely were. And I think, uh, thank you, uh, thanks to um, Elizabeth Olsen's amazing performance, that that is really going to put people in that Scarlet Witch camp uh, in the future. Yeah, go back 20 years to 2001 and tell me that Iron Man's going to be on the same level in the public eye as Spider-Man. I would laugh at you. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. You'd be like, what? Then ask where your time machine is. <laughs> No, you man, if somebody came back to you in 2001 and showed you and told you about all the crap that's going on today as far as comic book stuff, you'd laugh in their face. It's a it's an yeah. absurd thought that this would get anywhere to this level, especially with Marvel and having everything as intertwined as it is and for the most part pretty darn good in kind of keeping that big world continuity. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying three movies and a Christmas special for Guardians of the What now? Heck yeah, boy, why not? <laughs> <laughs> 28 Adam. It's bizarre. Uh, this one comes to us from Joe. Joe writes, no Mephisto, no Doctor Strange, no Nightmare, no hour-long episodes. Was this a disappointing end to the season or a hard lesson to some not to believe everything that you read on the internet? Also, Hayward couldn't have hit sand if he fell off a camel. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> Thanks. That's from Joe S. I think it's a modern crowdsource paradox. Yep. where either the internet theories accurately predict everything and then it sucks or the internet theories are way off and it sucks. Like, like it's hard to find that third option, you know, that third option that really works is kind of hard, but it's, you know, I go back to the first season of Westworld, which was a pretty cool show, but the internet just like told me absolutely how it was going to end before it ended. And I don't know that that was satisfying. But also, if it hadn't ended the way that was predicted, I don't know if I would have thought that was satisfying. So it's like the a modern crowdsourcing paradox that eventually our brains will evolve to not be bothered by. Well, and that- well it's the problem with mystery box television is that uh, eventually you're because you're giving people enough time to figure it all out and or 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 just wildly speculate. And that wild speculation is way more fun than what you're doing on your show. So. Like you, you kind of, there has to be a way to temper those expectations. And my guess is if any company is going to figure that out, it's going to be Marvel. And yeah, personally, I'm not complaining. I love crackpot theories and I love the the process more than I care about the, the final product. It's going through the process that I enjoy. And if there's not any of that to do along the way, then it's almost hard for me to enjoy a show. And I'll definitely say this, having gone through, before I watched this final episode, watching all the previous eight episodes, uh, I don't think this show would have worked as well had it been, you know, just a one and done, pump them all out at the exact same time. I think the show would have uh, would have lacked a lot. And I, as, as much as we go through all of these things, and we're just a contributing factor as much as anything else to that with our, with our crazy 30 questions and, and whatnot, 
Um, you can do all those things, but I, I also like at the same time having some of those things be right, and then a lot of times those expectations or uh, you know uh, guesses or whatever get overturned and pushed in another direction. I like the idea that we uh, put like so many different things for the you know we got we say hey multiverse of madness is on its way. Let's throw in Evan Peters. Let's put everybody off the stench of what's kind of going on. Make them think you're going to zig and then you zag. Now. You have to come up with a good zag, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so to make sure that it's it's proper and people don't feel let down. But uh, I, I think you have to have some of that stuff in there. And to me, that's what kind of makes it fun. But you can't hold up your ideals. Oh, I... And, uh, go ahead. And I think the biggest defenders on this, the absolute biggest defenders were Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany by saying the things they said. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, that's why I said what I said at the top of the show. Yeah. There is no way Marvel moving forward is going to let the cast start talking the way that yeah, when the, started talking. When, when we're sitting around talking about it, people online are speculating. You got no skin in the game. But then when a person who's actually involved with the production says something that's not really true, then that's disingenuous. And that will turn the audience against you. Just see J.J. Abrams in that uh, second Star Trek movie he made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That that was one. If we would have came out from the get of go, I think a lot of people would have accepted that movie a lot more warmly than they did. Not to say that, you know, it, it wasn't super great, but it felt like such a punch to us, them saying, hey, don't don't look over here. It's certainly not that JK. <laughs> like, no, yeah. that's not fun, dude. Yeah. Disingenuous is, is not good. Uh, being uh, being avoidant and evasive is fine. And a lot of times that answers the question by being evasive. So maybe that's why he did what he did, but being disingenuous is worse. Well, you know, Paul Bettany actually had the right way to go about this because in interviews a million times over, people would ask him, you know, for like, you know, like tidbits and stuff on any one of a myriad of, of Avengers style movies. And he would always, his response was always snitches get stitches. It's literally, he, he, there's a super cut on the internet right now of him saying that over and over and over again. And and there's also like another way to deal with it where you give an answer that's so outlandish that it's clear you're being evasive, you know? <laughs> right. Kind of like when they were putting out the fake titles for the new Spider-Man movie, nobody really was falling for that meaning anything. I was really hoping for Spider-Man Home Depot. Though. That's a great one. <laughs> 29. This show certainly swung for the fences. But was it a home run, a ground rule double, or a pop fly? That's a football reference, guys. <laughs> Sean, you're probably the the most critical of the show. So I am. I, I I would say that I am, and I I will tell you this, right? So, and I'm also a very big uh, baseball fan. I, I this is the way I would equate it to you, Bruce. Is that like I love watching baseball, but I love watching the style of baseball that I like. So, like. If it's, if it's the Red Sox, like that's my team. If it's the Pirates, that's my team. But like anything outside of that, like it'll start to lessen a bit. You know, if the Yankees are playing good, whoever's playing the Yankees, I'd like to see them win something like that. Right. So watching this show is kind of like watching two teams that I really don't care about the outcome very much. Like it'd be like if the Colorado Rockies are playing the Miami Marlins in a baseball game and let's say somebody from the Rockies hits a triple. It's pretty good. It's pretty cool to see a triple, 
but I don't care ultimately. <laughs> and so, you know, you guys have been very, very good to me these last couple episodes because, you know, I've been trying to keep positive on this show. And so when you ask questions, like occasionally there'll be a question that not only do I not have an answer for, I don't care. So like, you know, when it comes to questions about the dark hold or the rabbit or whatever, I just like, I don't have an answer and I don't care. And so you guys will just let me like roll through and like, just, you know, give my two cent sniper comment, you know, and then like move on to the next thing. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, this show is the first time I've ever felt that I don't really care. I mean, even, even the Dr. Strange movie, which I also is like my least favorite of the Marvel movies probably is uh, like, there's moments in Dr. Strange where I'm like, well, that's pretty interesting, but this is, this is not even that level of interest for me. So for me, it's a triple, but it's a triple from a team that I don't really care. You know, I get that. Uh, for me, I this is like a uh, it, it's something that's not the best of the best. It's nothing that's necessarily going to set the world on fire. But for me, it's a uh, it's a what do you what do you call it? Uh, the infield home run. You know, where, where you just where Those you just are very rare. Uh, no, but not in, about, not you're, you're talking in, about an inside in the, the park. Inside the park. Run. That's what I meant to say. That's <laughs> I, I knew I, I knew the second it came out of my mouth it was wrong. I'm like, that's not the that's not the right phrase. Inside the park home run. So it's not we're not knocking it out and going, Oh my word, ladies and gentlemen, we've got another dinger going right out of the park. This is an inside the park home run to where like maybe there were a couple of errors that the that defense, you know, kinda did, but they got home. They got home it's well like enough. It's like a Seinfeld episode. It's it's scored as a triple plus an error, not an inside the park home exactly. run. Exactly. Paul O'Neill, poor guy. <laughs> and they spit on Keith Hernandez. <laughs> as we all want to do, let's be frank. No, I'm kidding. I, God bless you, Keith Hernandez. I hear you're probably a nice guy. I don't know. Uh, I'm just glad it's not like a sacrifice bunt where the, the, the this show was awful, but it laid down what we needed for something good down the road. At least, Yeah, I, I would call Iron Man 2 the sacrifice bunt of Marvel. <laughs> you know, we're like... <laughs> Look, we we got to get through this, guys, because we've got a whole universe to plan for. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Don't you worry about that, none. Well, let's wrap up this series with question number 30. What's going to happen with our non-award award-winning 30 questions podcast now that WandaVision is over? Adam? Well... Uh, I got some news for you, kids. Uh, we're not going anywhere. In a, in a, well, we are going somewhere for a week. We're taking a week off because there's nothing going on next week. But the week after that, the first weekend of the uh, the new ca- uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we're coming back with Falcon and the Winter Soldier 30 questions. Uh, but it's all going to be under the Marvel 30 questions rubric. So what's going to happen is this show is going to remain here. All the WandaVision stuff will remain here, and then the Falcon and the Winter Soldier stuff will come after that. And then we're just going to rebrand stuff, and it's all going to go under you know a big Marvel 30 questions umbrella. And as such, our email address is going to change, and that's going to be for all of these movies going forward, or our television shows going forward. It's marvel30questions at gmail.com. So once you watch uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I always say Captain America, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you can email us at marvel30q at gmail.com for all of that good stuff. So we got more things coming your way.
Any thoughts? Awesome. Are you guys going to be on those shows? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I thought we were going to do that uh, uh, Snyder Cut minute where we we're going to watch one minute of the Snyder Cut. For oh, like my and Lord. Oh, we, and that's four hours long, that movie. We'll never stop. <laughs> so, yeah, we got five years of content with Snyder we'll be Cut in minute. Fi- we'll be in year 15 and it's still not done. We're, the, we're in the middle of the third act. And the best part is, is that we don't watch the rest of it. It is literally just that minute at a time <laughs> and come back and. <laughs> You don't have <laughs> no, like any way to do it. future references as for what are, what's going on in there. But uh, yeah, so we got more 30 question stuff coming up. So uh, marvel30q at gmail.com for all of your uh, 30 questions needs, or at least as far as Marvel goes. And we'll do some other stuff for uh, other content at a later date. But uh, my guess is you guys will all stick around for that. So, so again, thank you guys for coming along. The uh, downloads for this show were a lot better than uh, I would expect for a brand new show uh, coming right out the gate. And uh, tons of interaction from you guys emailing us your questions and stuff. We hope you continue to do that uh, in the future and stuff as well. We really appreciate all of you fine folks. And uh, we'll have more of this stuff in the future. So uh, stay tuned. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for reviewing us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you uh, rate podcasts and stuff. Just help get the uh, the show out to other people. We really appreciate that. Uh, but we do have, have a lot of other podcasts. If you you know want to find something to do during that week break that we're going to have here. Uh, Bruce, where might they find more of your work on the internet? I'm really hoping people check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie. You can go back and look at the Wanda and Vision episode that I made before WandaVision and see just how far off the mark I was on what to expect. And uh, I've got a recent episode about Jack Kirby's Fourth World. And if you really love Marvel obscure properties, Nth Man, the Ultimate Ninja, will be coming out March 11th. And Bruce got himself like a little, a bit of a closer shave. He got a birthday and took 10 years off. Yeah, man. I shaved the beard and I've lost a couple pounds. So hopefully it shows up on camera. He's looking good over there. I was just like, oh, Bruce, Bruce just lost a couple of years on him, man. Not too shabby. Sean, what else? Type into your podcast catcher uh, 30 questions. And all of our other podcasts will come up. Uh, the only one that won't is Hero Movie Podcast, but Adam will tell you more about that one. 30 questions. Yes, uh, Hero Movie Podcast is our kind of flagship one, the one that started it all. We've been doing it for darn near seven years, and we've got over 350 episodes, so chances are there's a movie out there that you like that we've probably reviewed. And so go check that out, and uh, do, do us a favor, man. Just... Tell tell everybody that you know. <laughs> just just let people know. That's how these shows grow. I don't think a lot of people think about that. We get locked in our own little world here, and we just subscribe to something. And you don't, you know, you you talk with us on the internet about it by emailing us and all that kind of good stuff. And that's super great. Tell your friends. Tell other people that are into this same stupid little stuff that uh, we enjoy because we enjoy doing it, and we love bringing it all to you, fine fine folks. So uh, here, movie podcast, Marvel Thirty Q at gmail.com. That is it, everybody. Join us in two weeks' time for. Falcon and the Winter Soldier 30 questions for Sweet Sean Kovacs from the internet Bruce Leslie I'm Adam Fortress reminding you to forget your past this is your future keep chugging got a black magic woman got a black magic woman I've got a black magic woman got me so blind I can see that she's a black Turn your back on me, baby